Hey there, listeners. Craig here. So we recorded this episode last week and talked about how diabetes nonprofits take money from pharmaceutical corporations, and we mentioned how Beyond Type 1 was not transparent about that on their website. Two days after we recorded, Beyond Type 1 updated their webpage where they list all of their sponsors. It doesn't change the bulk of our conversation about if nonprofits should take this money, but I just want to be clear that these sponsors are now listed on their site. It's not linked in any of their navigation, so I put one in this episode's show notes for you. There's also been a really good discussion about this on the Beta Cell Podcast Instagram account, and I encourage you to read all the comments there too. Now here's the show. Welcome back to Out of Range. I'm Craig. I'm James. I'm Laura. It's been a while, guys. It's been a long time. It feels even longer than it's actually been, I think. How long has Agreed. it been? It's been like two months. Before we get into it, any <laughs> big personal changes in anyone's lives? James, you adopted some dogs. Yeah, I think uh, Laura has more interesting stuff there. <laughs> than the dogs? I don't know. The dogs have their own Instagram. That's true. I moved. Laura moved? Mm-hmm. It's a lovely place. It. I'm seeing it behind you for the first time. I love it a lot. It's a cool bookshelf. Thanks. Nice. I just put it together. Yeah. Awesome. That's our. What update. about you, Craig? Oh, um, what has happened with me? Something big happened a couple of days ago, right? What happened? Oh, my car got broken into. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm next because James's car got broken into that one day, and now it was yours. Yeah, well, James, they stole all of his insulin. Luckily, I didn't have any insulin in the car. <laughs> but your Sucks. insurance covered it, right? Yeah. I had a laptop. I had insulin. I had a, uh, like, night guard. What <laughs> 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 kinds of stuff? Underpants. Well, lucky I wonder for where that insulin is now. Yeah. They probably messaged me saying that they had extra insulin. And, then <laughs> <laughs> and you probably ended up sending it to James. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, car break-in wasn't fun. I got recently, uh, I bought like a ring floodlight camera. Oh, you know, yeah. So you can see who's coming and going. But somebody came and stole a camera before I installed it. What? It was in the box in the garage. The garage was open and they took it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's cool is uh, Ring will send you a new one if it gets stolen. Does so it count? It it's just, it, and it counts if it's like in the box in your garage? Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Too bad uh, insulin doesn't do that for you. Eli Lilly doesn't say, we'll uh, replace your insulin if it's stolen. Yeah. Eli Kelly. Um. <clears throat> So I feel like a lot has happened in the last two months in the world of diabetes. In my mind, the really big thing was everything that happened with Sam Talbot. I'm sure you this guys fresh. know this. People who might not know, there's a long story up on the uh, betacellpodcast.com talking about it. But a uh, person with type 1 sent him a message <laughs> on Instagram asking him, you know, why Beyond Type 1 doesn't do more stuff about affordable insulin. And he sent a picture of a butt plug in a donut and told him to shove it up his ass. And 
uh, you know, silly, mean, whatever. It sounds like such fake news. It's so funny because it sounds like such fake news, but it's real. And that's like what else, everything else happening in the world sounds like fake news, but it's real. So this kind of is like right on par with the real world right now. I know. I think when I first saw it, I didn't even really believe that it was real because I couldn't even imagine right. that happening in any <laughs> parallel universe. Um, so what happened from that, I mean, that's kind of a funny aside to the real story is once the picture of the screenshot of this exchange got online, it kind of opened up the discussion about beyond type one's relationship with pharma companies, uh, which I think kind of drove this discussion that a lot of people have been talking about in a corner of the diabetes online community, which I kind of mostly on Twitter, but the insulin for all people who kind of want to separate pharma money from nonprofits because the idea being that it creates a conflict of interest. I don't know uh, if you guys have your own short takes on what you think about the issue. James. Um, Sam Talbot's message is a little shocking. And obviously after that, you can't really go on as a, like a member of the board of directors. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're kind of doing damage to the organization. Um, so yeah, that kind of sucked. Well, then his tweets got, they didn't stop there. Yeah. Recently he's kind of gone off the rails. He yeah. disappeared and then he came back and there was like talks about them like say he said like bots took over his account and it wasn't him. Did you read the one? He was like, It wasn't me that did that response. I can't wait for you guys to hear the real story. Yeah, yeah I'm still like, he was like, I can't story. wait for you guys to know the truth. But and then, then we more didn't recently find out. now now he's saying like he's trying to go off insulin and like and manage to DM him like if, one with exercise. Yeah. And that if you want to also be off insulin, just send him a message and he'll teach you how. Is he the latest diabetic health coach? I think he's kind of just reverse trolling everyone. Maybe. I don't know. It's wild. It really is crazy. Is anyone, like, I mean, people have had to report, like people from Beyond Type 1 have had to talk to him by now. Yeah, they must have talked to him, like, after the incident. No, but last night... I don't know. Uh, I yeah. think they've just cut all ties. That's what I would do. Because he brought them up a lot. I mean, he said Beyond Type 1 wouldn't be a thing without him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know like how much involvement he had besides just being a name on the website. So, But we should link like some of the tweets because people are going to be curious if they haven't seen what he's been saying. I'll have to find some screenshots because he blocked me. I just go on our group chat because there's plenty. Oh yeah. Um, Why did you talking? Did you were you like messaging or something? Yeah, Craig I, was I'm messaging sure him something. to learn how to be insulin free. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've been uh, insulin dependent for 19 and a half years, and I want a new life with diet and exercise <sighs> and a little bit of cinnamon. It's weird, but what do you guys think about? And I think this also is a criticism people have had are having now about beyond type one and people have had about JDR for a long time of the relationship with pharma 
namely right. the big three insulin companies, Eli Lilly, Sanofi, Novo Nordisk, giving money to diabetes organizations. And one thing you didn't mention is that in the beginning, Beyond Type 1 had made a public statement that they would not be accepting money from those three companies, correct? Yeah, yeah. That so was... on top of them accepting money, they had already told everyone that they would never do that, and then they did it without disclosing the information. So it's kind of like a layered controversy. Yeah, yeah. It definitely started as, I think I have a screenshot somewhere where they yeah. had said, we will never take money from pharma in order to be objective about the insulin affordability crisis. And then, I don't know, when was this, James, like a year, year and a half ago when they first got money from Eli Lilly and they changed something, the wording on their site that said, you know, the board approved them to take money from Eli Lilly in order to talk about glucagon and hypoglycemia. And now that wording's just gone in general. Um, It's just all slimy. But James, you, as well as I, are on the leadership council of Beyond Type 1. So I'm just curious. I mean, we've, we've texted a bit about this, but I haven't really had a chance to talk to you about, do you feel there's an issue with like a the conflict issue of interest? For you guys? I yeah. mean, there's a philosophical issue about whether should a company take money from pharmaceutical or whether, whether a nonprofit should take money from pharmaceutical companies. I mean, if you're a nonprofit, you need money to do good things. Pharmaceutical companies have money. I think it makes sense. I think the issue is just uh, disclosure. And then more specifically with Beyond Type 1, like they'll post things like uh, as if it's a news story. And if you're presenting news, you kind of have to be impartial and uh, separate from all that. So as far as like running Type 1 Run or doing a snail mail program or something like that, I can absolutely see why you would want to take money from pharmaceutical companies. And like Beyond Type 1's uh, sole mission isn't like insulin pricing. Yeah. So if it was like T1 International, it would make sense to have a blanket rule of not taking money from pharma. Um, no, I, I don't yeah. know what their finances are, but I think, you know, potentially it makes sense for them. And as far as the change, they've had a change in leadership over the past couple of years. You know, I can see how it's happened. Yeah. I think the issue, the biggest issue for me is like you said, with news. And having a, you know, air quote, news arm of your nonprofit that is funded, you know, if, if not directly funded by pharma, there's at least the knowledge that that money is coming into the organization and you don't want that money to stop. Maybe the things you say when you have interviews with executives from pharmaceutical companies or you talk about uh, insulin savings programs, um, you know, maybe you hold your punches a little bit. And I think, you know, I think the issue with conflict of interest is less about what people do say and more about what people don't say. Once you're, you want that money, it's very easy to kind of ignore, not say certain things or not ask certain questions. Even if you're 
telling the news. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for my take, like I said, I don't know their finances. Maybe they can't complete what they want to do without taking money from pharmaceutical companies, which I think is completely valid. If so, it seems like the easiest thing to do would just be to say, we take money from this company, that company, the other, and not post stuff as news, you know? Yeah. Like, there's no need for them to be posting news. Yeah. Right. They're not a news outlet. But this brings up my question of what do they do? What are they? (laughs) What do they do (laughs) as an organization besides lie about who they're taking money from and i mean, I mean they, connect, they connect people through social media like similar to how you do you post somebody up it's profile you can connect they have programs yes. like uh snail mail type one run like shit like that that you can engage with connect with other type ones and like alleviate the psycho psychosocial like ramifications of being right. type, type one. one which you two started without them and then they also like give uh, grant money for like micro grants for uh, researching a cure for people who don't reach the threshold for like JDRF funding. They give money to people like T1 International. So like, you know, they're uh, like a vehicle for putting money elsewhere. Okay. I actually didn't know all of that. And they post a lot of stories. So like anytime you Google some kind of like type one issue, like, Type one is smoking weed, type one and drinking, like a story about. Right. They have a blog. They have a bunch of shit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So whether all that's worthwhile is like, you know, that's a matter of opinion, but. Right. Yeah. I I guess it's not a matter of if it's worthwhile. It's maybe if the controversy with taking pharma money is I don't know. Well, what do you think, Craig? You have an answer. Do you think? Did you know that they were taking pharma money? I knew. I think I became aware, I want to say the beginning of 2019, somewhere around there. And did it make you? How did that make you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, it first bothered me because they had ran a news article about some Eli Lilly, I don't know. It was know a half-price generic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, half yeah, price yeah, generic. Yeah. And they had already accepted money from Eli Lilly when they ran this, and they didn't disclose at the bottom of the article, by right. the way, yeah. we take money from Eli Lilly. And that bothered me. Um, and when I raised those concerns, I was promised that, you know, change would come. And it's been a year and a half. It hasn't. But since all of this, I've heard from other people um, associated with Beyond Type 1 who have separately raised similar issues about transparency and have gotten the same kind of promise. But um, I will say, like, since that date, if you went to an article like that, Half Price Lily, they do have a disclosure on there saying, we have a partnership with Lily, we have an active partnership with JDRF. All True. That kind of shit. They do it's say that they each have article. one list like JDRF where it says we take money from Sanofi, we take money from Nova Nordisk. I'm not saying they do, it's just whatever. And like this is the amount they give, this is the amount they give. Yeah. It wasn't all in one place, but you could go on the website and see like there's the Lily logo. Like, no shit, they take money from Lily. It's not like they were hiding it. It's just yeah. they didn't have like a 
a big press release saying like, now we're going to take money from Lily, you know? Yeah. I mean, JDRF for all the, you know, people like to bash JDRF. They are very transparent that they take money from these places and they say how much money they've taken from these companies or, you know, gotten from these companies over time. And it's on like an easy to read page that's like linked, you know, in their navigation beyond type one. I looked earlier today, there's no way to find their funding model page through their navigation. The only way to do it is Google search. Where does beyond type one get money from, you know, or beyond type one sponsors and it shows up. So like that's where does it show up? Not on their, on a different, no, it's on their site, but it's not linked anywhere in the main navigation. You have to search for it. And so if you don't know, there's no page that says, you know, about beyond type one financials. And then when you go to financials, it just says, we take money from corporations. We take money from individuals. We take money from whoever will give us money. But I think that if you want to be a, I don't know, active part of the community, like hiding stuff isn't the way to do it. If you have nothing to hide, just come out and say, we take this money and this is why we do it. Because when you don't do that, it looks, no, it looks bad. Whether or not it is. And clearly finding out later, like having people find out later is much worse than being up front in the beginning. And and to what you said before, Laura, like them starting out their organization saying we will not take money from pharma and then deciding to take money from pharma without saying anything. That's what bothers me the most. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they're a small organization, though, and I honestly don't know how many people knew they didn't take money from pharma. Like, I didn't know that until they gave us a presentation about it. That they didn't? Yeah, like, I didn't know it was, like, some big thing. It was just, you know, in the fine print somewhere, it was like, we've decided we're not going to take money from these three companies. The leadership changed. The guy decided, like, you know, we're going to take money from these three companies now. I could understand why... You know, I don't think they were necessarily like, oh, we have to hide this. It's like, okay, we're going to take money from Lily. We'll remove that clause. Do we need to have a big press release saying like, no, we're going to take money from Lily? You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're not really hiding it because like I said, like you go to any article, it says Lily is a partner of Beyond Type 1, such and such is a partner. You go on the website, there's a logo of the companies they take money from. Like, it's not like they're hiding it under the covers and stuff. Yeah. And they're really small, like, I know everyone thinks, oh, Beyond Type 1, they present themselves as having a million followers, but really they're a tiny nonprofit. Like, compared to JDRF, compared to ADA, like, I looked at the revenue difference, it's insignificant. You can make a, you can make a bar graph, Beyond Type 1, like, doesn't even, like, register compared to JDRF <laughs> and ADA. So I think, like, in terms of criticism about the philosophy of accepting money from pharmaceutical companies, I think it's more productive to level that against JDRF and ADA, who are much bigger dogs. I think beyond type one, like I'm not crazy about them not disclosing that they take money. It's not clear, but I understand it. And I don't think for me, it's not like a critical issue. And I don't think they have a hidden agenda and that they're like some shill trying to like, you know, hawk pharmaceuticals to us. I think it goes a little too far. Like the online social media hatred stuff. It's like, yeah, okay, they're not doing things as well as they could be. But, you know, let's be real. They need money. Is that directed at me a little bit? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, Laura hasn't been like posting that shit. Come on, Laura, pick a team. I'm not. Po- I'm like. I mean, James is right that the online community does like to find something to be angry about, and once they find something, it's like full force. I mean, I get it. If I say, but I, I didn't know like, all this information that I'm learning right now from James at all. I didn't. Oh, if we can take money from farmers. So now, like, I can't advocate for insulin access because I said that, like, it's okay to take money from pharmaceutical companies. Like, I think, you know, it's a bitter pill to swallow. Like, I'm not a fan of Lily. I'm not a fan of, like, all those people price gouging. Um, but, you know, you got to be realistic. And sometimes, like, like I said earlier, like, if your mission is to attack Lily and if that's your sole mission is to reduce price gouging, yeah, you should, probably shouldn't be taking money from Lily. But if you're doing other things, like, you know, the other, like Jesse was here, all the other stuff they're doing, okay, take money from Pharma and use it for that. It seems fine to me. I mean, I'm not going to be thanking Lily for giving the money because it's my money that I've given to Lily that Lily's donated to them. Like, I mean, it's just like, fuck, it's a bit of pill, but yeah, sure, take the money. I don't care. No, I no, I understand that. Um and I think I used to feel more along those lines where you know organizations need money. They have lots of money. Some people will call it blood money, but we'll just say money. Like we're paying money to them. They have all this money, so we're getting some of that back. And yeah. so in a way that's a good thing, right? We're getting however many diabetics monthly prescriptions back to do other good things with. Um, I think the criticism is mostly that people are dying in the U S you know, I don't know how many per week per month from lack of insulin affordability. I think before COVID uh, there was a study that said one in four diabetics were rationing insulin due to price. I'm sure that's more now, and I'm sure that's, you know, because 5.4 million Americans have lost health care in the last six months. So, you know, not every organization has the same mission of insulin affordability, but if you're going to represent type ones, should you be, you know, how vocal should you be? for that one quarter of diabetics who are rationing insulin, going into DKA, dying. And by being silent about those issues, is that a problem? Yeah, I mean, it's a problem. And I do think that Beyond Type 1 needs to be more vocal. Everybody needs to be more vocal. Um, I think we need more like data about how many people are rationing, why they're rationing, but ultimately the issue is like the healthcare system in the U S like the shit about rebates to pharmacy benefit managers, causing the list price to be artificially inflated, meaning that people that don't have insurance, like pay a price that's like not intended for anyone to be paying like all that shit needs to be addressed. And it's not just pharmaceutical companies. Like to me, almost like, yeah, fuck pharmaceutical companies, but like there's a huge unspoken thing, which is the pharmaceutical benefit managers who almost like, I don't know if they're worse, like they're probably worse. I was reading about like all the fucking crazy shit they do. It gets, it's a whole fucking like hole of like disgusting shit, like not just towards patients, but towards other independent pharmacies and stuff. But these pharmacy benefit managers like Argus Health, 
CVS Caremark, who is not CVS Pharmacy, but mm-hmm. and like you don't even hear about that. And I would like organizations like Beyond Type One to make those things like come to the surface. Like, okay, what's the issue? Where's the like? Where's the money going? Why is the price this? How much of the price goes to him? How much of the price goes to them? Otherwise, you can't really fight it properly. It's not. I don't think it's productive to just be like fuck Lily because yeah, fuck Lily, but fuck all these other people too, and fuck the system. Like, and what can we do constructively to make changes? You know? Yeah. I don't think like us putting all the energy into like fuck Beyond Type One, who basically has like the amount of money they have is nothing. Like, it's a waste of time to be like fuck Beyond Type One because they have no money. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's two million dollars or whatever. But like, compare that to ADA. The CEO of ADA makes a million dollars a year. Yeah. So that's like all of Beyond Type One spending just on the CEO. So yeah, I would prefer that we all put our energy towards like a common goal. Of like fixing the shit. Yeah. But how do you fix it if you're not talking about it? That's the issue. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, maybe the, we need to be telling Beyonce one as leadership council, maybe we need to be having active conversations, pressuring them to talk about things. Agreed. So that's on the advocacy committee, right? Supposedly, yeah. I mean, we haven't really done it. <laughs> I will give you my proxy vote. Um, no, this is, a, this is great. I've never seen James so fired up about anything. Me neither. James hasn't <laughs> spoken this much on any episode we've ever seen. Combined. It's been so long we haven't, <laughs> I know. Seen, you know, haven't had yeah. any social contact. Yeah, he's just all <laughs> pent up. Um, I guess along say. those lines, Laura, to bring you yes. into this a little bit, you do on your page you know, you profile all these type ones around the world. Um, but I don't know, in the last year or so, you do all of these, I don't know what you call it, insulin exchanges, drug exchanges. I mean, what's it yeah. like seeing, you know, you, you show James and me some of the messages you get from people. Um, but you have, I think more than me and James, kind of a sense of, I don't know, the struggles people are having with, affording insulin, living with type 1 diabetes in the American healthcare system. Yes. Yeah. Um, And that's been going on for years now, though. I will say I haven't had a lot of, like, COVID-specific, like, people needing anything anymore now than they did before. But um, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. So I probably get, like... I don't know, five a week now of, I mean, it's easy now. There's people know that I've been doing this for so long. So yeah, I see a lot of messages of saying that like they have one vial of insulin left. Do I know anyone in Austin, Texas that can get them insulin? I'm hate to admit this, but I think I've become so used to it that it doesn't like shock me or affect me in a way that it used to. It's just like most of my DMs are people looking for insulin. But on the other side of that, there are also people that have extra supplies that are willing to give them away. So I think this, when this did start years ago, it was a more like shocking situation. And now it's so part of my day to day, like in my mess, like when I see that I have a new DM, I I can almost guarantee that it's going to be someone either looking for something 
or having something. I think it's really amazing to see all the people who have extra supplies and they're so willing to donate them, especially, actually, especially during this time. It's not like a lot of people trying to keep them off for themselves or stockpiling when they know that there's other people in need. It's common, I think, in more ways than like, traditionally you think like somebody who has no money, they can't afford their insulin, so they're rationing, you know, until they can get enough money to buy the next file. But I think rationing is a lot more comprehensive than that. Like, have you guys, well, two questions. Have you rationed and have you stockpiled? I'm guessing you've got at least one of those, right? I've stockpiled, but I haven't had to ration. I've stockpiled. I mean, I feel like stockpiling is kind of related to it, but like, yes, I have like good insurance in quotes, but I've rationed insulin. Like, you know, let's say you're not paying attention. You think you have another vial. You go to the fridge, your shit's run out. Like, oh shit, I actually don't have another one. Okay, I'll go and refill it, right? You go to refill it. Well, here you need a prescription. So, well, I have to get a prescription. I have to get the pre-authorization. All that shit takes, like, it takes time. It takes energy. It takes multiple phone calls a lot of the time besides all the money. So, like, even if you have, quote, unquote, good insurance, enough money to pay, like, the outrageous co-pays and stuff, I, it's easy for a lot of people to get in a situation where you ration supplies and then because shit like that is a, is a potential thing that can happen, then you stockpile, right? So like I still have Humalog vials from like four years ago and stuff like that because it's like, okay, then I know if I need it, it's, I can use this expired Humalog. Or like somebody like Kendall, who's like uh, her insurance doesn't cover Traceba, but it covers Lantus because a pharmacy benefit manager, not the insurance company, the PBMs decide this shit, has decided she can't have Traceba because, you know, Lantus has given, like Lily or whoever the fuck, has given them more of a kickback. So, like, she has to use Lantus and not. So, even though an ultra long acting like basil is better for her health and it's going to give her better results, she's only covered for the other shit. So, she ends up like you know, taking supplies from other people, stockpiling them, even though she has quote unquote good insurance. And I think that goes across, like that happens at CGMs and all the other stuff too. Right. I don't have good insurance, but that happens to me where I have, have been taking Lantus my whole life and my insurance won't cover it at all. So I get prescribed Bacigar. So I send my Bacigar to someone in Santa Monica and then I get my Lantus from someone who lives in Sacramento. Yeah, because, but you go to like Brazil, yeah. you just walk into a pharmacy, you say, right. I'm diabetic, so, I'd like to buy uh, a pen of Chisiba well, and a pen of Fias. Okay, it'll be this much, here you go. Well, yeah, and like you Mexico know? too, and, can- I, and Canada. But another thing to touch on is that when I do post all of these stories, I also get like an abundance of messages from people who do live in Europe and other parts of the world just saying like, I cannot believe what I'm seeing on your page. Like, I can't believe this is even a thing that you guys have to deal with because, and they just like were telling me how easy it is in their country to get what they need. But a lot of people want to help. They're like, can I send insulin from my country to you? And I'm like, there's no, I mean, I don't know of it. We've talked about this. Like there's not like some PO box I can give to them to be like, yeah, send all of your stuff here. Mm. But yeah, I think most of us have done something like that. Yeah. And you know, this is just talking about insulin. Like we haven't even talked about, CGMs or pumps or those kind of things. Well, in the first two years that I was on the Dexcom, I wasn't covered at all. I was only using supplies that were sent to me from followers only. And I just got approved last year for the Dexcom just from fighting. 
And I mean, we're very, we, we're very US centric, like, okay, potentially 25% of people, according to one survey of one population ration insulin in the US. Uh, but like 50% of people in the world have insulin access issues. So like there's people, you know, like you're a child in some other country, your life expectancy might be like seven months or something, you know? So like, yeah, obviously yeah. we're focused on like the issue in the US where people are falling through the cracks of the bullshit health system but like there's a lot of other people that like you know probably deserve attention too absolutely i know i always say that is that we think we have it bad here when there are countries like developing countries that don't have a healthcare system at all you know yeah it is easy to forget when you get so wrapped up i mean and it's our lives that we're dealing with so it is even easier to get wrapped up in it because it, it is life or death like there's no questioning about that yeah, but yeah, sense. there are definitely a lot of other places that have it t- like way worse. We should say that if you are in the U.S. and you run out of insulin, go to an emergency room and you can get a vial of insulin. It will probably be, I don't know what it'll be. I don't know if it'll be regular insulin or NPH, but the very least you can get something. Uh and then DM Laura. Yep, and, and she'll I'll help get you, out. you your shit. It always works. I've actually, yeah. I, I'm, pr- I have a pretty high success rate of finding supplies. So we need some kind of platform, like a Craigslist. Right. Well, the thing is, is that it's illegal. Did I tell you when Instagram saw what I was doing and I had to start like putting, like changing the letters of, okay. I could put screenshots of messages that I was getting and I was like under the radar. And then when I would start writing captions, like over the message saying, if anyone has Lantus, Instagram would remove my posts because it's a prescription drug. Like we, this isn't like a normal like thing that you can like trade, use someone else's prescription drugs. Like, because that's what happens. My whole fridge is filled with insulin with like strangers names on it because it's like people I've been passed around to so many people. Um, and then I get those people too that message me saying I have this insulin that I want to sell and I'm like there's no way like I would never first of all it is illegal like 100% to sell prescription drugs yeah um yeah controlled substances at least right sure so people try to do that too but um yeah Instagram was on to me for a little so now I just don't put any of my own text saying the name of what it is you don't spell insulin like one and uh, no, but I was S. doing like Lantus, like putting an asterisk instead of an A, like getting all creative. And now I'm just like, you guys type <laughs> like it, I'll post word. it. I'm not gonna, yeah. like, I just feel like emojis. Yeah, I was like, I'm not saying anything. That's um, crazy. I wonder if someone's yeah. recording you. But the, the New York Times piece was all that I did about insulin affordability. That's what they were highlighting is why people are using a social media platform like mine to get life saving medication. Because they have no like other it, option. Right. But like it showed too in that piece is that people use OfferUp and Craigslist also. Hmm. Um, and go to Mexico and there's Canadian pharmacies that you can fax in your prescription and get sent insulin at a cheaper price here. There are options. It's like sucks that we have to like find these other ways, but there are other ways at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I don't know, in my mind, that kind of just highlights the importance of being on a sort of united front wanting to stop these issues. Um, I've seen things. I can't 
quote them specifically off the top of my head, but I've seen people message things about how, you know, pharma companies try and stop these uh, insulin price cap laws in different states. And, yes. you know, nonprofits yeah. kind of are quiet they about that. They get shut down. They get yeah. shut down within the first week that the bill gets passed. If yeah. you just Google like pharma F or PHRMA lawsuit, it's every state like insulin price cap Nevada, like pharmaceuticals, insulin price or, or um, like drug pricing transparency, California, pharmaceuticals, two years later, pharmaceuticals again, two years later, pharmaceuticals again, like every state you know, legislation comes in. Why? Basically. What do you mean, why? They I mean, I know them. why, but like, is this just going to happen forever? When yeah, is I, it? It's because of capitalism and lack of regulation in the U.S. healthcare market. Yeah. I mean, think about like the kickbacks for from PBMs. Like, how do we have a system where like it's legal for somebody to just decide what drug somebody can have based on whether they got a kickback and how big the kickback was? Like, that's ridiculous. Right. Like, to me, that's just clearly wrong. Like, that's not even justifiable. Yeah, but the issue is that uh, Medicare and Medicaid depend on these kickbacks for funding, too. So the government has no incentive to get rid of them either. Yeah, it's from whatever that bill was back in, like, 2003 or some shit. Fucked everything up. For everyone who isn't sure about all this complicated stuff we're talking about, I'm... I have some stuff, some podcast stuff in the works to try and explain it all. But, but the, the New York Times piece that I did do covers all of this, all the kickback laws, and like it lays it out very clearly why this okay. is we'll send. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, it's really helpful. I would it's say that even if I wasn't in it. And it's but crazy, guess, like not just in terms of like trying to like regulate these companies on a macro level, but because the because there's no price transparency with the kickbacks and rebates and stuff, like, so if I want to price compare as a patient or a consumer, I can't do that because like, let's say I want Dexcom or I want Libre. I don't know, like, so, okay, my co-payment for durable medical, my co- co-payment's 50%, right? But it's 50% of a discounted price that the insurance company has negotiated. So how do I, I know what the discounted price is for the Dexcom because I've used it. So I already know what the price is because I've paid it. But so I want to switch to the Libre how do I know what it's going to cost? Because I don't know what the discounted amount is and then what my 50% copay of the discounted amount is going to be. So like, not just on a regulation, just on a day-to-day level of like trying to figure out what medications to use, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Right. I was just on the phone with my, I don't know who she is. She called for my endo and she asked, do I still use the Dexcom? She needs to send in another prior authorization for me to stay on it. She's like, we just want to make sure you're using it. And I'm like, yeah, but I've actually been thinking of switching to the Libre. And she said, oh, nobody in this office is covered for that. Like no, no patient that comes in here is covered for that. And I was like, okay, well, like, can I talk to the doctor? And she's like, yeah, there's no way that you're going to be covered for any other CGM. Hmm. Um, which sucks. Cause I really wanted it. Which seems anti-capitalism in a way. So you've got this on one hand, like, you know, pharma, PHRMA, fighting for i don't know to capitalistic raise their prices to be whatever they want you know supply and demand uh and on the other hand you have complete opaqueness you have complete opaqueness on what they're actually charged for it'd be like going to the grocery store seeing two different brands of milk 
and not knowing which one costs what until you've checked out. Mm -hmm. Right. Which it's kind of perverse because pharmacy benefit managers justify themselves by saying they negotiate a lower price. So like you as a patient or Medicare pays less because they've negotiated a lower price. And the opaqueness is like what one of their selling points, like we can play the company off against another one because they don't know what discount the other company has negotiated. But all that ends up happening is all the shit just skyrockets and then skyrockets again. Yeah. But I, you know, is this in your guys' mind the most, because I know it is for some people, like the most important issue for people with type 1 in the U.S., no matter, you know, with di- with diabetes, I guess. Um, Ins- insulin affordability or the... Yeah. Yeah. So if you're an organization who takes money from people, right, who have diabetes, who are raising money for you, do you not owe, I don't know, something to them to be loud about this issue? Like they're your, you know, stakeholders. I see what you're saying. We all die off, then their money disappears. I mean, I think the argument would be, okay, like, I'm sounding like old pro shit because, you know, I have to present like a different perspective. But JDRF and ADA and like beyond type one now employees have gone and given speeches before Congress. And I've had concerns. So I've looked up the transcripts and seen what's been said, like, these nonprofits are actually fighting for legislation that like will affect like real changes. So I, I guess, think, yes, they could be louder. Yes. I wish like there was a more United loud front, but I wouldn't say that like these nonprofits have done nothing. Like I do think that they're fighting on this issue. Even if they are doing that, it sounded like what you were saying, Craig, is that you wanted them to be louder about it and more mm-hmm. obvious that they're doing it instead of like behind the scenes fighting, which I get too. I think it's great that they are, but like James is saying all this shit that I didn't know because it's, because it's not obvious or transparent at all. So like, cool. Now it like makes me feel a little better that these people are fighting for what we need, but wouldn't it be better if we all knew that would change a lot of what's all the online heat that is happening towards these organizations. If they knew these things, don't you think? Yeah. And I mean, like, I will say, like, they can all go a lot further. Like when this, like, high-priced Humalog generic came out, it was a bunch of BS. Like, that wasn't going to change everything. And of course, like, JDRF CEO says to the news organizations, like, oh, this is great. Lily is doing all this wonderful stuff. Beyond Type 1 CEO says, oh, it's great. Like, it's a good first step. Like, when really it's just like a PR, like, bullshit stunt. So, like, my perspective is, like, you know, it's not binary for me. Like, it's not like they're doing nothing, but I think they could be doing a lot more, you know, or like they could avoid, okay, just Lily comes out with a half price humilog, just refuse to make a statement. Like you don't even yeah. have to say like, this is bullshit, whatever. You could just say nothing. Yeah. Um, to clarify that, what James is talking about, this was when Eli Lily put out their savings card at the beginning of the... Right. COVID, what was it, $35 insulin? No, 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 no. The savings has a sep- another B- bullshit beer, I think. They came out with insulin, uh, whatever, Lispro or some shit. Yeah. Oh, the generic. The generic. 
which just showed it was supposedly exactly the same insulin, but they could offer it for half the price, which just showed like the price is bullshit. If you can just offer right. it for half the price. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess when these organizations, yeah, it, I mean, it looks like PR moves that you're doing the PR for these things, but I, you know, maybe that's the issue with, like we said before, when you take money from organizations, from businesses that you're supposed to be critical or should be critical of, it kind of, it blurs that line in a messy way. We already yeah, have trust I mean, issues. <laughs> to me, it's like, why can't you take the money and then still be critical? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you right. could be. You could I don't be. care about taking Unless you'd money. be worried about the money about not coming. Critical. I care yeah. about speaking up. Like, I don't care about taking the money. Take the money. Right, I agree. Take Just the money because they have the money. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a... It's not black and white. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was our quick hit. <laughs> yeah, what was that, like two hours? <laughs> yeah. That was our 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty much... Uh, out of time now, but that was good, <laughs> I guess. We'll just have to do this again sooner and catch up on the rest of the news before something, before Sam Talbot starts tweeting again and there's even more news. We should start like a, well, I guess, never mind. Never mind. What? No, I don't have Twitter. I was going to say the stupidest thing. We should start like a live cam of his tweets, but you could just like go on Twitter and see them. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> like a, Twitter. Okay, I know I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> Okay, ignore me. Maybe, uh, maybe next time, maybe we could do this as a bonus for uh, patrons, our uh, fan club members. We can read Sam Talbot tweets. No, James has to read it. Yeah, James, would you do that? Because he has an accent. Yeah, are there any good ones right now? Have you looked? Oh, oh, oh God, we should read one right now. What is it, Chef Sam Talbot? Yeah. There was that good one that I, uh, I sent you guys. It says, this account doesn't exist. Oh, I mean, see. No. Me. I mean, no. why did he block me? I have literally like one. He didn't. On Twitter. He, did, he didn't block you, James. <laughs> he doesn't even know who I am. No, all these other people said that, that they were blocked, even though maybe he deactivated his account. Maybe he deactivated. He, he activates it, sends a storm of tweets. Oh, here we go, James. It. James, Wait, I, have a his, good one. I have his cell phone number. James. Should I text him and ask him if he's okay? Yes. Yeah. But wait, there's Maybe we should text him and ask him to come on and read the tweets. Wait, can I send this one that I want James to read? Maybe, maybe I should read the, the first tweet and then you can be the response. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is from, uh, this is on Twitter. It's at it's still hope, S-T-I-L-H-O-P-E. <laughs> Baby, it, I can go all night. Bring on the fighting because I'm here for it. Your words mean nothing to me, but I'll be damned if you feel this entitled and full of yourself to spew all of this hate. <laughs> all night, I'll be waiting. <laughs> Let's FaceTime you, little maggot. FaceTime me. Meet me. Show me that twinkie eating face of yours. I'd love to meet you. Maybe smack you around. Wow, when you say it that way, James, I'm a little Wait, that on. was kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we've been re- misinterpreting this Sam Talbot Wait, thing all along. Wait, I think we have. We just needed James to put things in. Out of Range is a production of Beta Cell and is produced and edited by me, Craig Steubing. Beta Cell is a listener-supported podcast 
which means that we rely on people just like you to help pay our expenses for just a few dollars a month. If you decide that this content is worth it to you, you'll get early access to every episode we make, meaning you get to listen to it before everyone else does. Plus, you'll get bonus clips, like James reading even more Sam Talbot tweets, behind-the-scenes content, and you'll get to hang out with us every month on video chats. You can find a link to join the fan club and support us in the show notes and at betacellpodcast.com. It's a gas. Grab that cash with both hands and make a stash. Well, guys, this was exciting. Did you have that glass of wine the whole time? <laughs> Yeah, I cheers you in the beginning. No, I cheers you. It was yeah. Cheers. I said cheers when I said Craig, and he didn't. And yeah. No. This has been great, guys. I missed you guys. Yeah. We'll do this again sooner. I'm Craig. I'm James. I'm Laura. And this has been out of range. I'm in a high fidelity First class traveling sector I